Well, I don't know about you, but I'm having fun so far. Praise you, Jesus. Well, I'm not going to keep you uh, real long tonight, like I did today, this morning. I have a short message for you, but uh, I want to share some things with you. And then uh, for those of you who who want prayer that I didn't get a chance, we didn't get a chance to pray for you this morning. If you need prayer, by all means, come on up. I don't care what it's for. Uh, God can do anything, right? All things are possible with God, right? Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to talk to you about some things that, um, that God has taught me over the years. Not, not long after... Um, I got saved, you know, I, of course, for those of you who are here this morning, you know, I, I, I came from being an atheist to getting radically saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit in a very short period of time. So after that, I just, I just became voracious for God and for the things of God, and I, I was reading the Bible like crazy, okay, I mean... I don't know how I kept my practice going because every spare minute I was in the Bible reading and calling up uh, a friend of mine who kind of, he helped me get uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and he uh, mentored me for a while and I'd call him at three in the morning. Rex, uh, I'm reading this in, uh, in, in, in Jeremiah. Uh, 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 oh, by the way, are you awake? Well, I am now, Lynn. <laughs> Bless his heart. Okay. But, you know, as I read, you know, I, I, kept, I kept reading about love. Love. Okay. And so, finally, you know, I, I, I was praying and I asked God, I said, you know, it seems like, it seems like all I see in here is love. Just love. And, you know, I, I thought I knew how to do that. I thought I knew how to love. I said, but, you know, the way what I'm reading, I don't think I know how to love like you do. Because what I'm seeing is pretty different from, <laughs> from what I thought love was. So I said, so I'll tell you what. Um, I want you to teach me how to love like you love. Okay? Now, back then, I'm still pretty young in the Lord, and I'm thinking, okay. He's just going to zap me, and all of a sudden, I'll be Dr. Love. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, No, it doesn't happen like that. (laughs) Everything God does, uh, and Pastor Quentin and I have talked a lot about this, it's a process. A process. Even when he does a miracle, which happens instantaneously, But there's usually been a process leading up to that, okay? So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. Well, I'm going to be loving like he loves. Well, guess what he did? He started bringing my way the most unlovable people you can think of by the truckloads. (laughs) I'm serious. So several months later, uh, I'm in my, my little study, and I'm, I'm praying. And, uh, well, 
That's really not accurate. I was griping to the Lord. Any of you ever griped to the Lord? Yeah, some honest people here. And um, I'm griping about some people in my life. And so, um, you know, the way, the way God does with me, he'll let me rant and rave for a while. Then he gets enough. I don't know how he deals with you, but that's how he deals with me. He gets enough. Finally, he says, um, what's your problem, son? I said, what's my problem? I just told you, they're my problem. I just told you what my problem is. And he said, well, you asked for this. Now, you know, I didn't like hearing that. I said, what, what do you mean I asked for this? He said, well, didn't you ask me to teach you how to love like I love? Uh, yes, sir. Well, he said, I love the unlovable. I love those who don't love me back. And I love those who return evil for good. Three types of people. So I brought those people to you so you could practice. Uh, Okay, I'll shut up now. I'm done. Gee, thanks, Lord. You see, this is the way he loves. Now, what what I often do when God speaks to me is I go search it out in Scripture. And I, I advise all of you to do that. If you feel like you're hearing from God, okay, go search it out. Because he never contradicts his word, ever. Because he is the word. And so whenever, you, whenever he speaks to you and however he speaks to you, write it down and go search it out in the word. And, and ask him, okay, Lord, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just trying to confirm this. I'm not, I'm not doubting. I'm just trying to, to see how, you know, uh, this, is, this operates. So I searched it out. Well, guess what? I found all three types. You know, Jesus loved the unlovable, didn't he? How about the time, and you can see this in the Gospels, where... He healed a leper, right? Now, you have to understand back then, leprosy, if you got leprosy, people got rid of you. They ostracized you. They wanted no part of you. You were unlovable. That was part of having that tragic disease. You were unlovable. Well, he healed a leper, didn't he? He loved, see, in healing there is love, right? He healed the leper. You know, Pastor Quentin and I were talking today. uh, There was a gentleman in our church uh, that I think fell in this category of the unlovable. His name is is Daniel. Now, Daniel uh, has all kinds of diagnoses. Okay, he's, uh, he's, he's on the autism spectrum, but he's got all kinds of other problems and diagnoses. 
And God brought him to our church many years ago. And Daniel, when he first came in, he was pretty disruptive. And, I, you know, he, he'd do weird things in church. I mean, he'd stand up, he'd do all this kind of, and he'd go up on the stage in the middle, right, right, and do weird things. And so, you know, I'm sitting there in church, and I'm, I'm checking Daniel out. And I said, uh, Father, what is happening with this guy? What's going on? Daniel's the type that most churches would have thrown him out. They'd have said, oh, you can't be here. You're, something's wrong with you, man. You're disruptive. We don't, we don't have people like you in our body. And so I asked the Lord, I said, what's going on with him? And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, He's a test for this church. And I said, a test? What kind of test? He said, I want to see if this church body will love him like I love him. Well, uh, that, that got me right down to my roots. So after service, I went up and I talked to our pastor. And I said, I told him what God told me. He said, yeah, that's confirmation. He said, God told me the same thing. And I said, okay, well, good. Now, Daniel, y'all see that that movie Radio? Remember that movie Radio? You know, he had a lot of problems. Nobody wanted him around. Well, Radio... Compared to Daniel, radio was really sound and stable. Okay? He wasn't much of a problem at all compared to Daniel. All right? Nobody wanted anything to do with Daniel. In fact, Daniel was such a problem that our pastor, Pastor Tommy, assigned your pastor, Pastor Quentin, to uh, ride herd on Daniel. A lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But let me tell you, because the leadership said, we're going to embrace this guy. Then the church body began to embrace Daniel with all his faults, all right? But we started just embracing him and pouring into him. And so over the years, guess what happened? Daniel got saved, born again, gave his heart to Jesus. A little while later, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, all right? And we started seeing some remarkable changes. Now, he's been in our church, I don't know how many years now, 15 years. Daniel's still Daniel, But he's not the same Daniel that came in. Because now, he's not really disruptive. Now, he sits right up on the front row. Okay? And Daniel does a lot of things in extreme. Okay? He laughs too loud. And he laughs at things that really aren't that funny. Okay? Everything, he knows no boundaries. Okay, well... He's better now. He knows some boundaries better now. But Daniel, you know, he wants to hug everybody in the church four or five times. 
uh, in a row. He'll hug you, walk away, and he'll come back. Oh, Dr. Lynn, I want to hug you. Okay? He does everything to excess. But I tell you, you ought to see the man worship. Okay? He puts me under conviction. When this man, during worship, he's not held back by a whole lot. Okay? And, and he, I mean, he, he doesn't get out of order anymore. He, he's not disruptive. But you can tell he loves God. And, and I believe that he's not unlovable anymore. There's still people, you know, outside the church body that probably have known him for years and they still kind of, you know, that's crazy Daniel. We don't want anything to do with him. But in, the, in our body, he's not unlovable anymore. In fact, people love Daniel. And, and they, they have really taken him in and embraced him. You see, and isn't this what Jesus does? You know, I mean, he takes these people and I've seen people, many people over the years. I'm telling you, they've done things and been places you can't even imagine. All right. But when God starts loving them, their hearts melt and they come in. Okay. And I tell people all the time, you know, this next move of God, boy, and it's already started, in my opinion. He's bringing people in, boy, that uh, they don't look like you, they don't talk like you, they don't think like you, and they've been places, not only would you not go, but you can't even imagine stuff they've done. And on the surface, they look unlovable. But God has called us to love them. Okay? And don't worry. If they don't look like you, they don't dress like you. Uh, you know, I, I've told our body, look, you know, uh, they may come in. They, they, got, they got everything. They got, you know, everything pierced that could be pierced. They may have, uh, you know, uh, purple hair that, or no hair or, you know, all kinds. They, they may dress weird. Okay? They may have, you know, uh, 35 tattoos from here to here. So what? If God brings them in, let's love them. Okay? And don't worry about all the rest of it. God will work on them. Okay? I've seen people come in in some, in some church bodies and, you know, uh, people in church that right away they start trying to change this. But oh, hey, you—you you know, you need to change the way you dress. You can't come to church like that. Uh, oh, uh, you—you no, you—you you can't do. That. You know what? Just love on them. God will clean them up. Okay, He cleaned us up. Okay, <laughs> Amen. All right. So Jesus loves the unlovable. All right. He also loves those who don't love them back. Now, one of the things that, that I see in my practice a lot, people come in and they have, you know, a variety of different kinds of problems. A lot of it stems from rejection. Going all the way back early in their lives, family of origin maybe, and they were rejected, rejected, rejected by 
either parents or siblings or somebody. All right? In other words, they, they wanted to love, but it wasn't returned. They weren't loved back. Now, this isn't a particularly unusual problem. All right? Most people at some time in our lives have been rejected by somebody, even though we've tried to reach out and, and, and be kind and loving to them. Is that true? Am I just the only one in the house? Uh, okay. But see, Jesus, once again, loved those who didn't return it. Again, you know in the Gospels where this time he healed ten lepers. Remember that one? Ten lepers. They walk away. One stops and comes back to thank the Lord. To say, oh, thank you. And I, lo- I just love the way Jesus talked. He said, uh, weren't there ten of you? <laughs> you know, that's something that one of us would say, I think. Hey, uh, weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? Huh? Where, where did they go? I mean, leprosy. These, these people walked away clean and healthy. And they did not return that love. Only one did. Okay? Only one returned it. But Jesus didn't revoke the healing, did he? He did not revoke the healing. He loved them enough to heal them. And even though they didn't return that love, okay. You know? He said, well, I did what I was supposed to do. So he he loves those who don't love him back, who don't receive it. Now, you know, that's kind of tough for us to do, if we're honest, all right? You know, we want, we want, we want to, to whatever we give, we want it returned. Now, I believe he wants that to happen. That's the way we should love. But it doesn't always work out that way. Right? Now, how about the third type? Love those who return evil for good. Ooh, that's even tougher, in my opinion. Okay? When you've been kind to somebody or good to someone or want a relationship with someone and they don't just ignore you and don't return it, they actually return something bad to you. Okay? Now, ever happened to Jesus? (laughs) All the time. All the time, right? How about the Pharisees? These guys, these Pharisees, they, they, they traveled around with them, they walked around with them, and they saw all the things that Jesus was doing. Healings, miracles, awesome teaching. And they constantly were trying to figure out how to get him. Correct? How to return evil for good. And how about, how about Judas? Judas spent three years with Jesus, traveled with him, did everything with him, along with the other apostles, ate with him, slept, hung out, saw everything, and certainly probably heard uh, Jesus say things that 
the masses didn't hear because that was his inner circle, right? The apostles. And look what, look what Judas, Judas did. Returned evil for good. This is a tough one, is it not? There's some of you here that have had that experience. You know, you, you've done your best to help people, and they hurt you. They do something against you. Okay? You know, one time several years ago, I was treating this lady, and uh, she was suicidal, had attempted suicide many times. So, um, I won't give you all the details, but um, I got a call one night from uh, her family. She was threatening suicide. And um, I talked to her, and, and uh, I said, you know, I, I, think, I think we need to go to the hospital. I think I need to put you in the hospital. And she absolutely refused. Now, we, we have a, a law in Louisiana that gives uh, health care professionals permission if someone is a danger to themselves or to others and refuses to consent to go to the hospital, we can issue what's known as a physician's emergency certificate. And we can put them in for a limited amount of time, uh, whether they voluntarily go or not. So I decided after doing an assessment on her on the telephone, I said, uh, I'm going to put you in the hospital. Well, you know, she said, I'm not going. I said, well, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. So we put her in the hospital, and uh, she stayed, uh, I don't know, nine or ten days, got, got stabilized. Well, you know, when uh, she got out, uh, her husband uh, had been uh, demanding a divorce for months, and so he decided, uh, I'm done. So he filed for divorce. Now... Long story short, about a year later, she decided to sue me uh, because she said I shouldn't have put her in the hospital. So she sued me for malpractice. Now, I'm telling you this because I think this is one of those people that returned evil for good. You know, I put her in the hospital, a total of five doctors besides myself, examined her, all agreed with me. They all agreed with me. Yep, she needs to be here. Okay? And, and she got stabilized, and after about 10 days, they said, well, okay, she's not a suicide threat anymore. We're going we're gonna to let her go. That was, I think that was about, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe, something like that. She's still alive today. Now, God worked it out, worked out the lawsuit. I'm still here, okay? You know, God uh, gave me favor. But I'm, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to understand that God will use things like this to teach us how to love like he loves, all right? Now, I have to tell you, you know, when I got served with those papers for a lawsuit, I got a little bent out of shape over that, okay? I mean, I got downright angry because everybody was telling me, uh, oh, you saved her life. You saved her life. And, and then I'm thinking, 
uh, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> I save her life, and then she's suing me. But see, when stuff like that happens, I want to encourage you, get in your prayer closet and start praying and start talking to God about it, all right? Because I did that, and in, in, in this case, drug on for quite a while. But you know what? The more I prayed about it, the more God softened my heart toward this lady. And I got to a point where I was praying for her. I was interceding for her to get saved, all right? And, and, and I meant it, okay? I, I wasn't angry anymore because when you pray for those who hurt you, the Holy Spirit will, in time, begin to show you that person through his eyes, not yours. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that happens right away. Okay? And Jesus said, did he not say, pray for your enemies? Pray for your enemies. Easy to pray for people we love. Okay? Try praying for an enemy who wants to just really do something to you. And trying everything in their power to wreck you and destroy you. But here's what happens. If you're obedient and you begin to pray for these people. As I said, your heart begins to change toward them. And you start seeing them in a whole different light, different way. Through his eyes. Now, I will tell you. Initially, it's kind of hard. Okay? Because you don't, you don't feel like doing it. I mean, I, I, I didn't, okay? All right? But if you're obedient, just do it anyway, okay? And, and you know, look, when I first started praying for her, I'd say, all right, look, I know I'm supposed to pray for my enemy. Okay, okay, all right, you need to move on her life. Uh, uh, get her saved, Lord, amen. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. You know, not a lot of enthusiasm there, okay? (laughs) But see, the more you do it, okay, the Holy Spirit begins to do what? He changes you, okay? And I believe that's one reason why Jesus said, pray for those who return evil for good. Because in the process, something positive may happen with them, all right? But more importantly, something positive happens in you. Because now, now you're at a point where you're loving more like he loves. Okay? And listen, he'll give you, he'll give you opportunities to learn that. You know, when you go through a, a training period, it's not always easy, is it? Huh? It's not always easy. Uh, it can be difficult sometimes. But if you hang in there with it, just hang in there with it, all right? And, and things begin to change in us. And I believe he uses everything that happens in our lives to bring about transformation in us into the likeness of Christ. Because that's what it's about. Okay? See... God is more concerned with our character than he is what we do. You with me? And he uses these things to shape and mold our character. 
And, and I, I wish I could tell you it was easy. It's not always easy. It's painful sometimes. I mean, there's been times when I, I felt like, you know, he's, he's drugged me through a ringer backwards. It's been tough. But if you hang in there with it, and if you get people to pray for you, you know, don't hesitate. If you're going through a hard time trying to love somebody that's not being right with you, get people to pray with you. Don't let pride get in the way. Just say, you know, I'm having a tough time. Uh, and you don't have to go into detail unless it's somebody that you can trust and is close with you. And tell me, I'm having a, I'm having a problem with that person over there. And I'm even having trouble praying for me, so can you pray for me so that I can get to that point where I can pray for them and I don't have all this bitterness and hatred and anger and, and uh, you know, want to rip their face off kind of feeling, you know? Okay? Now, I know none of, nobody in here has ever felt like that except me. Okay. God is so patient with us, isn't he? I can tell you I've had, I've had times with the Lord where taking me through this process of teaching me how to love. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about certain people, you know, and I'm saying, Lord, I, I want to jack their jaw, man. I want to jack them. Telling you the truth, okay? And he's patient with me. And finally, you know, he, he grabs me by the back of my head. He says, no, son, no. That's not going to happen, and you're not going to do that. That's the old Lynn who no longer exists because I died in Christ. Isn't that cool? See, people, people, Christians kind of, you hear so many teachings and so many things, we kind of overlook the fundamentals, the basics. And some of you heard me say this morning, you know, I'm a reductionist in my thinking. I like to boil things down to their simplest parts. And, you know, and that's the simple part, all right, is let's just love one another, okay? Because the Bible says, says faith worketh by love. And he says, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I don't know about you, but... I just, I just love it when I see God operate, and, and and people get healed, people get saved, people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, marriages get get put back together again, people's children who are out there doing everything they're big enough to do get off drugs, and all. I get excited about that, huh? Now, for that to happen, though, we have to pray. And we have to pray in faith, right? Okay? Ah, but see, if you don't have love, see, faith operates by love. You see what I'm saying? You can see where many times where Jesus healed people, it says he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. Well, that's love, isn't it? He had compassion. And that triggered the gift of faith in him. He operated in all the gifts of the Spirit, true? Okay? And let me tell you, when the gift of faith, you know, there's, faith is faith. You know, there's 
saving faith. We, we're all given a measure of faith, enough to get saved, in my opinion. But the uh, Holy Spirit gift of faith that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, you know what? Well, when that, that's a power gift, okay? That's a power gift. And when that puppy kicks in, you're going to see things happen in your life and in other people's lives. But the foundation of that, the root of that, is love. We have to be able to love, and we've got to love the way Jesus loves. Amen? Okay? You willing to do that? Oh, be careful. <laughs> be careful what you say. Uh, you may start bringing some people into your life that are tough to love, but that's okay. If you know what he's doing and you pray about it and you ask God for the grace to do it, all right? See, there's so much, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, it's hard for us to do on our own. I, I don't advise anyone to try this stuff on their own, okay? You can't do it. You will fail eventually. But if you stay locked in to the Lord and you keep asking him for the grace to do it and, and also ask him to show you how to do it. Everybody's a little different. You know, everybody needs to be loved a little differently. Okay? Everybody, everybody's a little different. They've got a different history, a different personality. But love is love. And God will show you how to express that to different people in different ways that they need it. Okay? And I want to caution you. Don't get caught up in doing it, always doing it your way. Okay? Because that's not always what they need. They need it in God's way. And he knows their heart a lot better than you do. Okay? You know, some look, down south... You know, especially in our church, we're we're all huggers. Okay, we just we just like to hug people. All right. Well, you know, other churches and other places in the country, they're not comfortable with that. But that's okay. You know, because people need to learn how to show love in the way that people can receive it and are comfortable with it. You, you get you get where I'm going, okay? But how are you going to know that? Ask, ask, okay? Ask. And again, understand, it is a process, all right? And there's bumps along the way, okay? But don't worry about that. And know, uh, you know, like me, you won't instantly become Dr. Love, okay? All right? But if you hang in there with it, He's going to show you more and more how to do it. And the key is him filling you up first with love. How can you give something you don't have? Huh? Impossible. You got to ask him to fill you up with it. And you got to keep going in to the Holy Ghost filling station and get your tank refilled often. Often, okay? Because the more you're filled up with it, then it just, it just kind of oozes out of you. You don't even have to do much, okay? You just, you just want to show people kindness. You just want to do something loving for them. You just want to be 
their friend. You want, it's, it's just, it then becomes part of who you are, but it all comes from him. Because we, we can't do that on our own. I don't think we can. All right? So go to him as your source for all of that. Amen? Willing to do that? Because I believe what God has shown me about this church body is, and, and I, you know, he wants that for everybody, but I also believe that certain church bodies, he, he's got sort of a, a, like a different assignment, different anointing for certain things. And I believe that this church body, at least from what I've seen so far, he, he really wants this body to flow in his love. Okay? See, I believe it's love that brings people into the kingdom. Okay? That's what brought me in. Nothing else did, I guarantee you. Nothing. And then some people, you know, they need, some people need to hear the fire and brimstone message before they get it. Okay? I wasn't one of those. And I think it's, it's relational love that brings people in. You with me? All right. I want to stop now, and I want to thank you for coming on a Sunday night, man. You guys are awesome, okay? Thanks for coming, and I thank you for your attention.